Hey there, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Classic Gaming Brothers. I'm Seth. And I'm Zach. And we are the Classic Gaming Brothers. That's us. That's who we are. That's what we do. That's right. That's right. Yes. Yeah. So how, what have you been up to lately, Zach? Just hanging out? Oh, you know, the usual. Living living life. Living life. Life living. Uh, talking living to you. Life. Because we've been we've been talking to each other for the past two hours or so oh yeah 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 we haven't left the studio since march that's that's true (laughs) it's been a rough day but they told us we couldn't leave and um yeah so our producer who's neither of us locked the door and told us that we had to keep making episodes but we couldn't go out into the pandemic that's right that's right um it it was a it was a kind of a win-lose scenario where it was like yeah we won't get sick but now we're also stuck in the stuck in the studio with each other and nothing else forever forever we ran out of food back in uh june yes yeah yeah (laughs) we've had to we've had to eat video game manuals uh we do have a stack of old sega genesis games in here and i've i've thoroughly devoured at least four or five manuals from that stack yeah it's it's fine it's it's fine we're fine we'll make it through we're we're almost getting into the playstation one games but (laughs) if we eat those manuals we won't have the covers and we won't be able to identify the games later so it's tough it's very true so uh anyway while we've been uh trapped in the studio i've uh been recently been playing starcraft remastered oh that's what you're doing okay (laughs) that's that's right that's a game developed by Blizzard um, and was remastered in 2017. And uh, it's good. I like the remastered. The graphics are updated, as a remastered should have, which is cool because they updated the units graphics. They updated like the map graphics. Uh, also, the updated uh, pictures in the for the units and in the like movies, the cinematics. So you can see they're updated, graphically enhanced faces talking they are also more aligned to what they're going to look like in starcraft to wings of liberty and stuff like that like oh. their faces yeah okay kind of look like the way they're going to look like in comparison though having played command and conquer remastered and now playing the starcraft remastered even though the starcraft remaster was done first i played it second um i actually like the command and conquer and how they did the remaster more so than the starcraft remaster uh the command and conquer i really like the feature where you can toggle new versus old which you can't do in the game in starcraft though it is really nice the having the updated graphics and being able to go through the story again and kind of getting like a nostalgic feeling while still like kind of re-experiencing the story since there's aspects that i've forgotten because it's been so long that i've played so it's kind of like a newish take on the story. But yeah, so that's what I've been recently playing. How about you? Well, Seth, a game that I've recently been playing is actually... Well, it's a game. It's it's a mod, um, specifically, of Portal 2. And that game is Portal Stories Mel, released in 2015 by Prism Game Studios. So Portal Stories Mel is, as I mentioned, a community-made free mod for Portal 2, and it's based on the Portal universe. And it tells the story of an earlier test subject at an Aperture Science facility who wakes up from a hibernation to discover the facility in ruins. And you meet up with a personality core, and for those who haven't played Portal, they're a type of AI that's used to interact with another AI known as GLaDOS, who is this malevolent enemy. And you face many challenges. And it's, it is a challenging game. It's a lot harder than Portal 1 or Portal 2. 
Um, a lot of new puzzles, but people who are familiar with the Portal games should be familiar with the puzzles, or at least how to solve the puzzles. I will say, while it is a very nice game, um, the voice acting is bad. Uh, <laughs> just in general. But are the puzzles good? The puzzles are good. Uh, the puzzles That's are good. All that matters. The, yeah, the graphics are good. Everything's good. The voice acting. Well, specifically, my problem is that one of the characters is supposed to be a character from Portal 2. The guy does not deliver it with the same finesse as the original voice actor. The original voice actor is J.K. Simmons. It's very hard oh, to follow okay. up on yeah, such a good actor as J.K. Simmons. Simmons. The guy does an admiral job, but it's just not quite the same finesse that J.K. Simmons brings to the game. Overall, though, it's, it's a fun experience, and it is free, so I highly recommend anyone who's a fan of Portal to, to snag it if they can. Also, another thing I like is that the first chunk of the game takes place in the past. You're uh, a freshly arrived, um, you know, test subject here at Aperture Science, so you actually get to explore Aperture Science a little bit while it's still kind of functioning and hasn't totally collapsed due to disaster which is something the two portal games don't offer um so portal one is obviously set right after a malevolent ai known as glados uh kills all of the people in aperture science and portal 2 takes place in the future where like the facilities in crumbling apart so it's kind of nice to be able to have a look at what this place looked like when people are actually alive and working in it right so yeah overall fun little game and i recommend it it's free that's fun yeah i actually maybe i will uh, download it and play it i've been um, I I don't think I've been thinking about playing a Portal game, but I liked the Portal content and would like more of Portal content. Uh, so this particular episode is our 42nd episode. Wow. When it comes to number 42, there is the question that needs to be answered, and that is, what is the meaning of life? Life, the universe, and everything? Yes. Well, that's 42. Ah, well, <laughs> that's the episode that we're on. So this episode will... <laughs> This episode will now fill you in on the meaning of life, but since we don't have all the time in the world, we'll instead spend our time talking about Douglas Adams and his video games. Yes, we'll we'll talk about one life in particular, a a little brief story of Douglas Adams and and his time working on video games, specifically a game that uh, Seth and I love, and that's Starship Titanic. That's correct. We did own Starship Titanic because our father shopped at buck a book and also no so oh dad and, and dad can write in and correct us and he'll have the chance to win a video game but my understanding is dad learned about starship titanic thanks to the book um, that was adapted from starship titanic the game and the book was written by terry jones of monty python fame right now the book is good it's not great but it's good but it, Dad now knew about the existence of the game, and he was on a personal quest for the longest time to purchase the game. And one of us ordered it for him off the internet back when that was an early, like, it was right around the time when you could order stuff online. And it was kind of, I think Amazon was like open and new. And I think you might have ordered it for him off the internet. I think you ordered it off Amazon for him, his copy. I remember that a long time ago, but I remember the longest period of time dad and I would go to these bookstores and old game stores and stuff like that. And he would always be looking for a copy of Starship Titanic. And we would go to specifically um, some older bookstores and such. And he would look around and try to look for it and we could never find it eventually he did get his hands on it and uh and we played it but uh it was uh it was kind of like a white whale for him for a while i remember and again dad can correct me i might be making this up but i just remember going to stores and when we were in the game section he would always tell me oh look for starship titanic because i'm looking for that game and we would look and we would never find it and eventually we did find it somewhere 
um, and we played it. Um, I know I played a little bit of it, and I'm sure our father played it because he was looking for it. And uh, uh, I, you played it, right, Seth? Yes, I did play it, and I have some memories of it. So my memories of Starship Titanic was that the game was weird, <laughs> and that it was very difficult. And I was always very excited to play it, but it was always very tough to play. Uh, it is a 90s adventure game with a text parser, and those are always difficult to know because you don't know what to type. But you can get some humorous responses if you uh, type funny things to the machines and people that you speak to in the game. And uh, a, a text parser for our audience is essentially a game where you type in what you want to say to the computer into the to the game uh, and the game has a like a processor that figures out if what you're saying is relevant to the game and gives you appropriate dialogue back it may if it doesn't get what you're saying just give you like a canned answer but it could also um even if you you might even be close to what you need to say so those are my memory. I do. I don't really remember how we re- received it in our house. I just remembered one day we did not have it, and then the next day we had it. And we had the th- from what my memory has it, we had the three disc set. We didn't have the DVD version. No, yeah, we had the three disc set. It was in the the thick jewel case. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the with the, the like the middle section where you could have like a four discs total inside or something like that. Yeah, that I remember that. In my memories, I mean, of the actual game were fairly similar, but we'll we'll get more into the game a little later. Um, what we want to talk a little bit now is just Douglas Adams as a, as a person and kind of some of his early history in games. So Douglas Adams is an English author from Cambridgeshire, England, uh, and he first really grew to prominence with the release of the 1978 radio drama. The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. And this radio drama soon became a trilogy of five. And yes, that is a trilogy of five. That is how the series has been continuously promoted, is a trilogy of five books uh, that sold more than 15 million copies worldwide. A television series, several stage plays, comic books, a 2005 film, a sixth book written by Ewan Colfer of the Artemis Fowl fame, and a video game. And he was reportedly inspired to create the story of The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy when he was incredibly drunk on the countryside and carrying a copy in his hand, the book The Hitchhiker's Guide to Europe by Ken Welsh. Now, Adams was interested in computer games as a medium and was involved in the creation of the adaptation of his story, the game Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, which was released in 1984 for the Apple II. Don't you? You have an Apple II. You I do have an Apple game, II. I could get it. Uh, for the Apple II and a ton of home computers by Infocom. Uh, the story mirrors portions of the book in which Arthur Dent and his good friend Ford Prefect, uh, who despite what Arthur believes turns out to be an alien, spoiler alert, <laughs> leave Earth. It's revealed it's in the first chapter, so it's not really that spoiler. Really. <laughs> 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 it's like the first thing he says. <laughs> He's like, hey, I thought I'm an alien. <laughs> <laughs> they leave Earth when it is destroyed by a race of beings known as the Vogans. Uh, he meets Zaphoid Beeblebrox and another human known as Trillian, a portmanteau of her full name, Trisha and Macmillan. They proceed to go on an adventure, and that is the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, in an, the most abridged version that you <laughs> yes, can find. Yes, yes, absolutely. 
the game is uh, a text adventure in the same vein as other Infocom games, such as Zork. It's also extremely hard, making it almost come off as a parody of text adventure genres as a whole. It is, in fact, incredibly easy to die and to force a restart even in the beginning sequence of the game. In fact, if you get to turn on the lights, you will die. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So... Yeah, that's a that's a fun adventure game that you could pick up. Yeah, you could also you could also die if you don't react fast enough. Because for those who haven't read The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, Arthur's house is about to be bulldozed when he wakes up. And so he wakes up and he goes lies in front of the bulldozer. If you do not uh, react to the game quick enough, it will bulldoze you. <laughs> and it will describe the house getting crushed and Arthur dying. So f- try to do what the book does in or in the game in order to not die in the game yeah and so adams did work on uh, a bunch of other games uh, one that i wish i include the notes of but i didn't is the game bureaucracy which is another text adventure game um and it's loosely based on adams's own life and it's about a character whose address gets changed inadvertently and the hassle of going through life with your address now changed Um, and trying to get it fixed through bureaucratic measures. It sounds very funny. Um, Specifically the fact that there's a blood pressure meter, where if it goes over a certain level, your character has an aneurysm and dies. So, yeah. (laughs) Definitely definitely keep an eye out for any of his um, games. But the game we really wanted to talk about is Starship Titanic, which was an adventure game that was developed by Digital Village and published by Simon Schuster Interactive. And as as a quick note, um, Starship Titanic was actually based on a line from The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, specifically the third book, Life, the Universe, and Everything, in which the guide talks about this majestic starliner known as the Starship Titanic, which undergoes a total existence failure when it is first launched and disappears before it can even send out an SOS message. And this story kind of continues that story. Um, you know, that br- it's a brief line in the, in the book. It's not even a paragraph. But this this continues that story into a full-fledged game. <laughs> into what happened to the Starship Titanic. Um, so yeah, the game takes place on the titular Starship Titanic, or as Seth said, the Jim Rayner of Starship <laughs> Titanic. If this was a StarCraft game, it would be the Starship Jim Rayner. That's right. The player is tasked with repairing the ship, and through solving puzzles, the game um, requires the use of a text parser so that you could say anything at all to the robots. Um so like Seth mentioned earlier, there is a, a text parser in the game and when robots come up to you, you can you can chat with them. Um, for the most part, you could say a lot of things to them and they will respond appropriately. If again, if for some reason it doesn't make sense to the text parser, they will give you a the game will give you an assistance to uh, they'll give you a canned response that you can provide. The Digital Village created the language processor for the game to be able to interpret input by the player and give the appropriate response. And along with that, they recorded 16 hours of dialogue to go with these responses. And the cast was considered really major. It, is, it, it consisted of some big names such as Douglas Adams himself, John Cleese, Terry Jones from Monty Python. The, there's a ton of big names in Monty Python and and the, kind of the history of, of British television. Yeah, because I think actually Douglas Adams was friends with uh, at least Terry Jones and John Cleese. He, he was friends with all the Pythons from my understanding because he worked on Monty Python. He was 
a he, right. he was an actor and a writer um, on a couple of the episodes. Which then you could get a pretty I guess big British names. They, they were at least big names in our house because our dad and mother were Anglophiles or are Anglophiles. The game does uh, take place from a first person perspective, and the movement is done through point and click style, very similar to like a game like Mist, where you you click through uh, through the edge of the screen and you change your f- the frame as it were of what the uh, image is as you navigate through the ship. Uh, the ship has a very art deco style and it's carried throughout the entire ship and it's very just beautiful and thematically appropriate for this style of game and for this type of like theme of this game. Um, the art deco just kind of it hammers home that weirdness aspect but it also adds a bit of like polish to what's going on that's really weird Mm. so you're interacting with these really weird characters but you're interacting them in this beautiful fancy ship and it's just it kind of just is like a juxtaposition kind of where you're just like what is going on in my life and why (laughs) am i playing this game the you can also uh, use your mouse to interact with the environment and pick up items. Uh, the game is a, an adventure game, so primarily resolves around puzzle solving and such of that nature. There is a menu system that is actually called the personal electronic thing or the pet or PET. This pet has a few different modes. It has the chat o mat which is the text parser, personal baggage, which is your inventory, a remote thingamagummy, which are buttons to be able to interact with objects within the game. So like if you go to an elevator, you can get like the up and down buttons for the elevator. The designer room numbers, which is the essentially the map it indicates where you are located and then real life which is the game options and the saving and loading and all that is there primarily the gameplay involves using the items or objects that you find and interacting with characters to solve puzzles as well as using the text parser to correctly input the correct dialogue to get clues to the next part of the game so for example i know one puzzle is you talk to a bartender who is goofy and you have to um he requests you to get an item um for a cocktail and that item is like feathers or something and the only way to get it is you have to go to the one of the upper levels of the ship start a large fan get a bunch of birds to fly into that fan so they all explode and then you get the feathers (laughs) it's like Rupert, Rube Goldberg style <laughs> hijinks sometimes. The game story all starts in the player's house when they are about to start a video game. Um, and I'm pretty sure the video game's disc says Starship Titanic. And the, ship yeah, crash- so <laughs> and the ship crashes through the house. A bot named Fentable, who is the doorbot, comes out and lets the player know that the ship and its uh, bot crew have all malfunctioned. They all need help. And then the player boards immediately and interacts with Marcinta, who is the despot, and has the player registered down as a third-class passenger. The player throughout the game has to get their status elevated as to progress to locked-off sections of the ship. There are a number of different other bots. These include Bellbot, the Liftbot, um, the Barbot, the Mater D, and there's also a parrot voiced by Terry Jones who joins you on your adventure. They're all very fun, fun characters. Um, I especially like the Bellbot. They're all kind of jerks also. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, I know specifically Mar- Marcinta, the the despot, like 
you're coming onto the ship to help them and they're like and you're a third passenger and you're just locked off from aspects of the game until you work your way up the passenger ranks it's even better than that because first she gives you a questionnaire on all the things that you want so she's like what size bed do you want and like queen emperor like (laughs) mega emperor and then it's like what kind of what breakfast do you want in the morning continental buffet like room service and then it like she keeps going and going and going and then she's like okay you're, you're third class passenger you're gonna get the smallest room and you're not getting breakfast okay bye <laughs> it's like... yeah yeah it's the the bots are fun though the humor is very particular it's a very british it's a very british humor so if you're not somebody who enjoys british humor then you may not actually enjoy this game yes yeah these aren't these aren't always jokes that necessarily are going to be laugh out loud for a lot of people if you find books like hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy or shows like monty python funny you will like Starship Titanic. That being said, if that those aren't your cup of tea, you probably don't want the game. <laughs> and neither did a lot of people. So the game was eventually released on April 2nd, 1998, after a few delays. Uh, it was supposed to be a Christmas release, and then Douglas Adams said that it wasn't ready, and then he'd be have it ready for January, and then it wasn't ready, and then he eventually got it out in April. Uh, and Simon & Schuster went and had a production run of 200,000 copies made of the game because it was supposed to be a big game. It's Douglas Adams. It's essentially a, a game written by Douglas Adams, so it should be pretty big i hitchhiker's guides to the galaxy is a pretty is a pretty significant franchise so they made two hundred thousand copies of the game and shipped them throughout 13 different countries the sales were disappointing to say the least uh a vp with simon schuster estimated that the game only sold about sixty thousand copies by the end of april instead of the two hundred thousand that they were supposed to sell and in the u.s by july it had only sold about forty one thousand, give or take a couple hundred copies by august of 1999 the sales in the u.s rose to about 150,000 copies so in during that time they released a, a dvd version and it didn't really help with the sales and so the game either came out on three cd-roms or a dvd Though in 2015, uh, GOG, Good Old Games, did re-release the game. It's for modern systems. So if you have the desire to play this game, uh, you can check it out on GOG and check out this classic weird game and navigate your way through the uh, Starship Titanic. Not to be confused with the regular Titanic. Yes, not to be confused with Titanic Out of Time, which is another adventure game that also has sci-fi elements. (laughs) And I'm pretty sure we got this Starship Titanic after the Titanic Adventure Out of Time. We definitely did, yeah. And for some reason, I thought that it would be like an adventure game like Adventure Out of Time, the Titanic game. Nope. (laughs) It is is not. (laughs) Um... Not to say that the Titanic Adventure Out of Time game is far superior. Uh, It is just a different game. Oh, yes, yes. Even though they are both adventure games, it is a dramatically different game. You can also get the game on Steam. It is $5.99 right now, um, so not not terribly expensive. And uh, the the Steam version and the um, GOG version were created by Night Dive Studios, who do a great job making uh, remastered games. Uh, We talk about them a lot. We're going to talk about them again. Um, so uh, check it out. Um, Nightdive Studios, I'm pretty sure, also did Titanic Adventure at a Time for the modern computers as well, <laughs> because they get, they get everything. Uh, they did, yeah, yes. they did. I think I own it on 
Steam. You do own it <laughs> on Steam. I see that. We should talk about Adventure Out of Time someday. That's a fun we game. We should. So, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, that's uh, Starship Titanic. That's Douglas Adams. He's a fantastic writer. Um, I, I, I'm a huge fan of the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy series. I highly recommend picking up the books if you have never read them or listening to the audio dramas. Um, the television show is also great. Movie's not terrible. Really, any content out of Douglas Adams is great. <laughs> you know, <laughs> the, the 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 modern movie actually has uh, late Alan Rickman voice the it robot. It which does, is, uh, which is great because he is a phenomenal actor, and it has British Office alumni Martin Freeman, who's also Bill. That's true. That's true. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's overall it's a great series, and, and Douglas Adams is a funny guy. Uh, he's written a ton of great classic comedy sci-fi books and he also has written for shows like doctor who and monty python he did the book dirk gently's holistic detective agency which was recently adapted into a fairly successful bbc america television show give him give him a try if you haven't yet if you like a kind of quirky comedy that's not really necessarily like the style of comedy that a lot of us here in america might be used to i definitely recommend checking out adams's work there there was going to be a sequel to uh starship titanic it was going to be uh starship titanic 3d which was essentially going to be Starship Titanic in 3D instead of uh, point-and-click adventure. Yeah. It was going to be you were able to 3D walk around the ship instead of navigate yourself through photographs. Oh, like real mist. Like real mist, not photograph mist. Like real mist the game, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I you meant like real mist. No, like no, like, copy no like real, all lowercase mist. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, but uh, so unfortunately, uh, Douglas Adams did pass away in 2001, and he was the driving force behind the Digital Village. And with his passing, many of the assets from the Digital Village um, kind of collapsing because of the dot-com bubble and his passing. Many of the assets were folded into the BBC, and many of them were just ended at that time. Uh, so the Starship Titanic 3D, we will maybe never see because that was that game was a that was obviously it was canceled yeah uh, and not to bad talk the bbc but i can't see them making starship titanic 3d with whatever assets they received from the adams estate anytime soon <laughs> right i think the only way that we would see another starship 3d or starship titanic game would be if um it somehow got out of bbc control I yeah guess, yeah or whoever's yeah and maybe if night dive could find a way to get the, the assets or something maybe we could see something come about or if they decide to do it themselves a dedicated fan could do what which game did we talk about where they had somebody had to go through oh oh like just if gog just went, like if gog did what they did for at the ssi games yes they had to yes. go to like 16 different people to try and get these ssi games if you want to know what we're talking about there's an episode called the ssi episode <laughs> <laughs> where we talk about ssi so yeah that's uh that's that's that will do it for starship titanic and douglas adams um great again great writer great game i highly recommend picking it up if you get a chance um but we're going to get now into our by weight pass segment where we talk about games that are not the one that we talked about during this episode they're excited where we talk about games that we're excited about buying waiting or passing on. that's true so my buy wait pass is actually a game i just learned about as of today which is the 16th of september i was watching the ps5 reveal trailer and they showed a bunch of games that are exciting but one that i'm particularly excited about is called death loop and death loop is going to be published by uh, bethesda softworks and it's being developed by arcane studios now, Arcane Studios, for those who don't know, uh, worked on the Dishonored games and Prey. 
Now, Deathloop puts you in the role of an assassin that is stuck in a time loop, um, like like Groundhog Day. Um, overall, looks like a fantastic game. It has a 1960s kind of retro aesthetic, um, very similar to what TF2 does um, with their kind of like 60s spy um, kind of uh, vibe to it, like Austin Powers almost. It has some elements that are familiar to other arcane studio games. Um, it requires a combination of stealth, parkour, different abilities that you gain throughout the throughout the game. Um, it's due out in quarter two of 2021, and I'm incredibly excited for it. But at this moment, it's probably going to be a wait for me because while it is coming to PC, at least according to the trailer, I would like to get a PS5 at some point, And I want to be able to experience this game and many of the other games that are coming out for the PS5 in glorious 4K. But yeah, that is uh, what I am... Uh, what I am interested in. So I'm going to have it down as a wait. We'll see if I can get a PS5 at some point. If I get a PS5, I'll pick up Deathloop. And my Byway Pass is something entirely different. Uh, so the game that I'm looking forward to playing is a game called Airplane Mode. And it's being developed by uh, B Acronym. Uh, and it's set to be released in 2020. So soon since this is the end of 2020, or, well, I guess mostly the end of 2020. We're moving into quarter four of 2020. We're getting close to the one-year anniversary of Classic Gamer Brothers. We are, being at episode 42, and there's 52 weeks in a year. Anyway, thanks for the sidetrack. Airplane mode takes place, it delivers all of the thrills of flying in a six-hour commercial flight while being in a coach seat. The game takes place from a first-person perspective where it faithfully recreates the joys of airline travel, including your luggage, the crew, and fellow passengers. And it's looking to try and be the most realistic flight simulation ever, being flight experience simulation. For me, it's definitely an immediate buy. I think these games are hilarious. Uh, I think that I would love to stream a six-hour flight, and perhaps during Extra Life, we will stream the entirety of the six hours. Uh, it's just something to just be like, you could sit, you can listen to music or something while you're in the game, I believe. You can watch TV on your screen. You can, And you do have the the wondrous selection of the seat being the the window seat so maybe they will add some dlc where you can get middle aisle middle or aisle seat zach when you fly on an airplane do you fly do you prefer the aisle or the window uh, i've only actually ever sat in aisles or like aisle adjacent like i've never sat next to the window what yeah i've only been See, on the flight like four times in my life oh oh i've those being going to and returning from two different places oh i've gone on one trip where i went on more than airplanes than that <laughs> yeah I'm, i i don't take a lot of airplanes when i travel i uh i so when i was younger i preferred window seats now that i'm older i prefer aisle seats because when you when you have an aisle seat you can stick your foot just carefully into the aisle you have to be good though because you because they will crush your feet if you come with the uh the food cart so you have to be very careful, but you can just get like an extra little two inches of room if you just move your feet right into the aisle. Uh, on, a, on, a per uh, on a personal level, and I don't know if I'll cut this part out, but uh, I do prefer the aisle seat because I, I do frequently have to go to the bathroom. Oh, that too. <laughs> especially, As I get older, Especially I... when I get a little anxious about things. <laughs> so like, for example, <laughs> if I know for a fact that the person sitting next to me wants to take a nap... I will know I have to go to the bathroom at least four times. <laughs> <laughs> 
as uh, as I get older and my need to go to the restroom more often increases, uh, it is also good to be in an aisle seat. Um, I think it's the superior seat. I haven't been on a plane since a while. When was the last time I went on a plane? Oh, maybe last year um, was the last time I went on a plane, September. So, and I wouldn't go on one now, but um, yeah. So, well, that's that's going to be our show. Um, <laughs> complain about planes? Uh, <laughs> What's well, the deal I'm with airline compl- phone? <laughs> I'm not going to complain about planes while I'm playing airplane mode, though. No, never, because that's, that's the be point. Great. I want to actually, mm, one day after COVID-19, I'm going to take airplane mode and we're going to bring it on a plane. Oh, and I'm going to play it. It's gonna. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go fly to England, so it'll be like a five and change flight, and I will play only airplane mode the entire time while flying. Excellent to to England. Yeah, yeah. With a combination of like taxiing and stuff like that, you could probably max out that game. Well, taxiing is included in airplane mode. Oh, perfect. So even better. <laughs> so with that, Zach, do you want to let us know how to listen to us, contact us, and support us? Yeah, Seth, I'm gonna do just that. So, if you want to listen to us, contact us, and support us in this order, listen to us. Thankfully, we are available on pretty much every podcasting app out there. And I'm talking about your Apples. I'm talking about your 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 Spotify's. I'm talking about your Castboxes uh, and Amazon, which recently just launched the Amazon podcasting utility as part of their Audible functionality. Uh, we are available on there as well. So yeah, we are on everything. And if there's an application out there that we are not on, let us know. Give us a give us a shout out. Send us a message. Also, if you send us a message, spoiler alert, you'll be entered into our drawing where you could win a video game. Now, if you want to send us this message, you want to send us an email to let us know that there's some application that we are not on. And you want to say, hey, Zach and Seth, you're not on this application and I want to hear you on it because it is the superior podcasting application. Well, let me tell you how exactly you can do that. So what you got to do is you got to go to your email client and everyone has a different email client. I'm personally an Outlook guy, Seth's a Gmail guy. And and all you got to do is you got to say compose message to classicgamingbrothers at gmail.com or classicgamingbrothers at classicgamingbrothers.com or Seth at classicgamingbrothers.com or Zach at classicgamingbrothers.com. All of those emails go to the exact same inbox and guess what seth reads that inbox i do not read that inbox i read occasionally sometimes seth will tell me that a fan has sent a very nice email to us and i will go and check the inbox most of the time i let seth do all the busy work there so that is the best way to reach out to us though there are other ways you could certainly reach out to us for one thing you can go to our website classicgamingbrothers.com and on that website you can fill out the contact form we have a contact form where you just uh, plug in your information you plug in your message and guess what it goes to our email it's basically like using email without actually using email you still have to provide your email so it's like you're pretty much just doing an email Um, It's just being sent through a different service. You can also reach out to us via any of our social media applications that we're part of. So we are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. On Facebook and Instagram, we're very easy to find because we're the name of the podcast, Classic Gaming Brothers. On Twitter, for some reason, I couldn't get that name. I don't actually remember why, but for some reason, Twitter was mean and would not allow me to have it. So we are CG Brothers Pod. You'll be able to find us by the lovely faces that we have, and also by the fact that we typically tweet every Sunday when our episode comes out. But yeah, the, you can contact us through those those uh, those um, 
places and we will make sure to get back to you also we have a twitch that's another way you can get in touch with us because you can chat with us while we are streaming the twitch is classic gaming brothers Uh, my view is vs classic gaming brothers great way you can uh, interact with us kind of whenever we're streaming we don't have a schedule we just kind of stream whenever so follow us now and you'll get an alert when we stream we are also probably won't be for a while yeah (laughs) we are also on youtube um, where we upload some of our archived streams. We also upload some of these episodes and we hope that a DMCA doesn't take them down. And then we also, yeah, those are all the places that we are able to be found. If you want to support us, there's really one way that you could support us and that is listening and sharing us. Um, you know, people say that all the time. I think every content creator has probably always said like and subscribe, but really that is the best way to support us. Um, you know, you like us, you subscribe to us, you share us, we get around. That is support right there um is 100 free and we will be greatly appreciative if you do that yes so if you if you if you you know like subscribe share us that's a great way to support us you can also do this thing and that's tell three friends because if you like something you tell three friends if you don't like something you tell more than three friends uh, because you're telling them to avoid it. We don't want that. We want you to tell people to listen to us. Uh, just, just tell three. Also, if you really would like to, you could buy our merch on our website, classicgamingbrothers.com. We have some merch available. It's been the same merch for a while, but who knows? We might update it. Maybe in time for this episode. Probably not. <laughs> Definitely not. But we, we do actually have some new artwork that, you know, we could potentially upgrade update the uh, merch with like uh, maybe a new t-shirt seth or a new hat do we actually we don't even sell the hat do we no no we just have hats no, we only have a t-shirt and a mug we yeah just have a hat. we don't sell a hat we, no the hat the quality didn't come out the way i wanted no so. it does it does kind of look like it says don't don't play games <laughs> my brother because the like and the eye are very close to each other. Yeah, I was disappointed in that. Um, I still wear that hat. I wear that hat all the time. <laughs> I know. I should get you a new one. You should. Those are that's all the ways that you can uh, listen to us, support us, and they do that third thing. Contact us. Yes. So that that's it. Those are all the ways that you can talk to us, um, help us out. We really appreciate it. Again, you know, you the fans are are the reason that we uh, uh, that we do this. So we love to see anything that you guys have to tell us, anything that you have to uh, contribute. We've done plenty of episodes based on user contributed um, ideas. So keep at it. We'd love to continue more about them. Yeah, we'll do more. We'll do more. Uh, we we will never run out of ideas with that so that's the episode that's classic gaming brothers that's it there's nothing else that i can contribute nothing else that i can share nothing in the world at all unless seth has something that he'd like to say and don't play games like my brother and don't play games like my brother i've been seth and i've been zach and we've been the classic gaming brothers that's right we have been. Yep, we, we have, have been. been. We have been. We have been. Good. Well, you certainly won't like the room you've got then. You've been assigned to Super Galactic Traveler Class, Elevator 1, Floor 29, Room 13. And don't come whining to me for upgrades because you won't get one. <laughs>